Well, it was the spring of uh, 2007 and it was October. Uh, the reason why it was spring in October is because uh, I was in Australia and in Australia we do things a bit backwards. Uh, I grew up in Australia um, and I spent most of my time in Victoria and Melbourne and some more time in Sydney um, as well. Um, but in this moment in October, in the spring, uh, I had planned out the perfect day. And it was the perfect day because it was the day that I asked Amy uh, to marry me. Uh, it was uh, a day that I planned out for such a long time. Uh, I picked her up in the morning in my car and uh, all she knew at that time was that we're going out for uh, just a really nice day down to uh, the coast. Uh, you know, the usual Australian day, you know, the usual thing. Uh, so she jumps in the car and what do I do is I hand her across uh, 12 red roses uh, and one of those little, those little small teddy bears that says something like, I'm yours or something, you know, very romantic like, like that. Uh, and we, we, we drive down to, to the coast and it's about an hour away and uh, I know we, I put on some music and it was like all of our sort of favorite songs um, throughout our relationship up to that point. It was on CD, you know, on the CD player. It sounds so old now when, when, when I say that, um, but we listen to that. We get down to uh, the coast and we have lunch on the foreshore and the waves are crashing on, on the shore and it was such a, a really nice time. We then walk down uh, the, the beach um, and, and the beach was called Palm Beach. And if, if there is any uh, Home and Away fans, um, that was the beach that Home and Away was filmed on. And it wasn't that purpose that I went there because it was just a really nice place that we used to go. But then at least you'll know uh, where, where it is. So we, we were walking down, down the beach uh, and we, I said, oh, well, let's go at the top of this uh, big sand dune. And so we walked up the sand dune. I made her really work for it um, as well. Uh, and when we got to the top, there was you know, a lighthouse on the left and you looked across and there was literally just the whole bay um, on the other side. It was, it was pretty spectacular, I must admit. So I asked her to, to close her eyes and she turned around and, and basically I wrote in the sand uh, one of the passages that was really uh, quite meaningful for both of us and that was in Ecclesiastes uh, 4 uh, verses 9 to 12. Uh, I couldn't write the whole Ecclesiastes so I just wrote ECC and then, and then the numbers and uh, basically I said uh, open your eyes and she opened her eyes, saw the verse which then triggered to what it actually meant and uh, it starts with uh, two are better than one uh, and then it ends with a cord of three strands are not quickly broken. Something that was quite meaningful for, for both of us. Uh, I asked her to then turn around uh, from there and I was down on one knee and I had the ring in my hand and I asked her uh, to marry me. Uh, you know what she said? She said no. No, of course not. She said yes. She said, she said yes, of course. Like, I, I always knew she was going to say yes as well. And uh, it was the most, uh, I think, one of the most romantic times, I think, um, I know back then that we, that we had. And uh, I just loved that it. it was um, such a great time that we had together. But, you know, love, you see, caused me to change my, my behavior, to change my, my thinking, to, to think, how could I make this such an, a miraculous, such a, I'm not miraculous, such a, such a spectacular spectacular um, day uh, for her and how can I express my, my love? You see, it caused me to, to change. You see, love, love makes us do stuff. Uh, and as unrefined as that sounds, it really does. Love makes us do something. Uh, love does. 
We had a series back at the end of last year called Love Does on, uh, based on the book by, by Bob Goff. And, and simply just sort of going back there is that love causes us to action. It causes us to action. I think about love in its forms and love causing us to do something. Uh, I don't know if you've read the book, um, but the, the book, uh, which is a New York Times bestseller, uh, The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. Uh, and his book actually uh, says this. It says, it presents a simple truth that relationships grow better when we understand each other. Everyone gives and receives love differently, but with a little insight into these differences, we can be confidently equipped to communicate love well. This is true in all its forms of relationships, for for married or dating couples, uh, for children, for teenagers, for friends, for co-workers, uh, for long-distance relationships, for those brand new loves and for those romances that are older than the hills. Uh, it's for, for everyone. And the five language, love languages, if you don't know, I'm sure you might have heard of it. It's been around for such a long time, but they are, what are they? Words of affirmation. They are physical touch, receiving gifts, uh, quality time, uh, and acts uh, of service. And what's quite interesting is that we all have like a primary language uh, that, we, that we love to have to make us feel loved. Uh, but quite interestingly enough, my, my wife and I over the years uh, have discovered which one of our primary uh, one we have, but we are completely different. The one that I uh, want to receive the most is different to what she wants to receive, but it's quite interesting as well, is that the one that you need is usually the one that you would give too. So it's constantly working to give her that, that primary love language that's going to make her feel so loved. But it causes us to action. Maybe as extravagant as a proposal. Maybe a love expression is the helping of a friend, the, the embracing uh, of a hug, uh, a gift of generosity, um, time spent, uh, the encouragement of another, gosh, even just a listening ear. Love is displayed and acted upon every single day. But when we know a limitless God who is limitless love, love is no longer limited by just a few actions, not even those five, but it's embraced in our everyday life. The question is, are we allowing ourselves to be taken over by this love, this limitless love that God has displayed for us and how we can then display that um, in our everyday life? I want to share with you a scripture in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16 through to 21. Uh, scripture, I think, is so powerful when Paul was talking to the church in Ephesus. And uh, he was actually, it was a prayer for them uh, as a church. And I think it's just a powerful, powerful scripture. And I always really want to um, hone in on a few aspects of that as I continue on um, the journey today. It says this, it says, I pray. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with his power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp, remember that word, to grasp how wide and, and long and high and deep the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge 
that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Just remember that too. To him be the glory. And in Christ Jesus and in the church throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. What a great scripture. I love that verse. And I love the word how to, to grasp, to, to grab hold of, to sort of try and wrap your head around just how wide and long and high and deep uh, is the love of God. You know, Mark, uh, often he, when we do a series, uh, all the, the, the teaching team get um, basically a bit of a, a summary of the series and then the week that you have, that you're assigned to, and then a few notes to sort of just sort of get you going in the, in the right direction. And I remember when I was reading sort of the, the, the blurb for, for this All In Limitless God series, there was this caption, these four words, uh, and it said simply this. It said, exceeding expectations since forever. Who said that? God. I think that's awesome. Exceeding expectations since forever. I think that's awesome. Even uh, last week, I know Mark sort of introduced the, uh, the campaign. Um, and in there, I love what he said. He said this about the fullness of God. He said, it's been said that trying to understand the fullness of God is like trying to put the whole Pacific Ocean into a glass of water. It is literally impossible it is literally impossible because god is he is so great he is so big he is so powerful he's so almighty to fathom and he is so full of love here's a few scriptures just to really back that up uh, colossians 1 and verse 17 it says and he is before all things not just a few things all things and in him all things hold together in Job 36, 22, it says God's power is unlimited, unlimited. Think about that. It is unlimited. And then in Psalm 147, verse 5, it says, Great is our Lord and abundant in strength. His understanding is infinite. Isn't that incredible? What an almighty and what, a, what a, a, such an awesome God that we serve. I love that word, um, infinite. I love the word infinite because what it actually means is limitless. It means endless in space and extent or size, impossible to measure or calculate. Our God is infinite. What's the opposite of infinite? It's finite. Something that's finite is limited, limited in its size or extent. Uh, we are all known as, as, as finite beings. Uh, we are limited in what we can do and for the length of time that we, that we live, we are, we are finite. But what happens when you have something, a finite being with someone who is infinite, an infinite being like an infinite God? Do you know what? When the two come together, anything is possible. Anything is possible. You know, every time I prepare to, uh, to preach, I always have an issue. Always. And I have to, I have to share it. I always have an issue. Uh, I get I get the topic. Uh, I spend you know a few weeks before, uh, and I kind of study. I open the Word of God. I ask God to to speak to me uh, uh, in my my thoughts and my in my typing, and I pray uh, and I get everything down. Which I say, God, what is it that you want to be expressing or telling the people um, in our church this week? 
and I finally get it all done, that first draft, and I go to practice. And the reason why I practice is because we only get 20 minutes, sometimes 30, and it used to be sometimes 40 minutes. Um, and I want to make sure that I get all my content, everything that I believe God wants to say in that time frame so I don't miss anything out. And uh, I always go through the first draft and I get to the end, look at my timer and it's like exceeding an hour literally of content that I have. Literally, there's it so much there. Why? Because when it comes to God, there is so much to say. There is so much to learn, so much to be inspired about, to be challenged on. Why? Because he is limitless. So yes, Josh and Dami, that challenge for 20 minutes uh, always is going to be seeming impossible. And I know I've only got a few more left just to express this limitless love I believe God has for every uh, one of us um, as well. But I'm going to do my best. So, uh, so here we go. So when we must try to grasp, there's that word again, to grasp how great the love of God is. A love that surpasses knowledge. I love that, that uh, scripture. And one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is you know, Proverbs. Uh, and Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It says this. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It says, In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. And because we have our understanding is, is, is finite, is, is limited, we try and sometimes figure things out on our own. We, if we have a problem, we try to solve that problem. We're going to people and, and going to solutions in our, in our own ability, our own finite ability. But yet, when we submit to His ways, the infinite way, the infinite God, the limitless God, not only will your paths be straight, but love, I believe, is better understood so we must not lean on that understanding of love but on the love of god this is gosh a lifelong pursuit as we as we journey with god it's, it's literally it's, it's a daily conversation that the reading of god's word the the daily acting out of what we can physically grasp from him and you know what? We need to allow it to change us, change our thinking, change our actions, change us to do great things in this world, but doing them with love. Maybe then and only then we can be rooted and established in God's unlimited love, as it said in, in Ephesians. Love makes us do stuff. Again, as unrefined as that is, it really does. It makes us, causes us to do something, causes us to action. You may have heard the expression, love is a verb. And uh, Stephen Covey actually said this. He said, love is a verb. Love is something that you do. The sacrifices you make, the, the giving of self. If you want to study love, study those who sacrifice for others. Love the feeling is a fruit of love the verb. It's basically saying if you go out and you do love, you, you put love into action, then you will feel love. That's exactly what it is. Love is a verb. And I think the greatest action, the greatest form of love that we know is, yes, the unlimited God, but how God sent his son 
to die for us on the cross. And at Easter time, we, we know that if we want to look at love, what do we do? We need to look at the cross. And, and it's such a familiar, you might have seen it, um, this, this equation um, that you might have seen around, especially at Easter time, is that cross equals love. The cross equals love. 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 9 and 10 actually says this. It says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Am I infinite? This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Gosh, and he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. You always need to let that verse just just, just soak in, just to almost chew on that verse, just to understand the love of God and the love that he has for you and for me. To send his one and only son to do an almighty act so that he could come into right relationship with each and every one of us. Wow, that is love. That is infinite love. And the more we understand and grasp what Christ has done for us, what God has done for us, that's how we know what true love really is. But you know what? I know some of you are probably thinking, you know, it's, 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 it might be easy to, to love God, but man, it's so hard to love sometimes. Maybe to love ourselves or to love the people around us, especially the people who, who have hurt us um, in our lifetimes. Maybe someone's hurt you at this very moment. And you know what? All I know is that we, just, we need God's help. His word is available to strengthen us, to guide us. We've just talked about the Holy Spirit in a series just before summer, all about the Holy Spirit and how he is working in us to, to comfort us, to convict us, to empower us as we follow Christ and to do the right thing, to love always just as he loves us. That's a tall order, to love others just as he loves us. Talking about conviction, there's actually a scripture that really goes to the heart of this this issue. And in 1 John uh, 4 verse 8, it says this, it says, Anyone who does not love does not know God. Wow. If I don't love, then I don't know God. But if I do know God, then of course I know love. Why? Because God is love. What a powerful scripture. So what does, what does love look like? It's a really great, great question. What does love look like? Well, I think Jesus said it out. He said, love one another. He set the example by, by washing the disciples' feet, one of the most, like probably the, the, the most dirtiest part of, of the body in those times. Um, and he literally would wash people's feet. Why? It was an action and it was expressing love to one another. And because we love, we do something. It releases generosity, just like Mark has talked about in that video of how we can, give, we can give back and we can be generous with our finance. We can sow into this all-in campaign so that other people's lives can be changed. That's an action that you can do. It releases generosity. Acts of love and kindness and our works, they become visible for all to see. But don't just give so that other people can look at you and think that, wow, he's, he's amazing because he's given. 
And it actually, it's quite interesting because in 1 Corinthians 13, as I sort of wrap up today, uh, it's sort of this, this love chapter as people know it in the Bible. But it starts off really quite unique. It says this. It says, if I speak with human eloquence or angelic ecstasy, but, but don't love, I'm nothing but a creaking of a rusty gate. Do you know how annoying the sound of a rusty gate is? <laughs> if I speak God's word with power, revealing all its mysteries and making everything plain as day. And if I have faith uh, that says to a mountain, jump and it jumps, but I don't love, well, gosh, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe and what I do, I am bankrupt without love. I could preach the most amazing uh, message or, 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 may, or do a miracle uh, on this stage right now. But if I walk away and, and, and are not loving and, and are not doing what I should be doing, then I don't know love. It's all for nothing. If I, if I put money into the offering bag to make sure other people have, have seen what I've done, yet I go and I ignore the needy people in my life or the poor on the street, then do I really know love? Which means, do I really know God? So what does love look like? The passage goes on in 1 Corinthians. It says this. It says, love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. It doesn't have a swelled head. It doesn't force itself on others. It isn't me first. It doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't get angry or aggressive. It doesn't keep score of the sins of others. It doesn't reveal when others grovel. But you know what? It takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Isn't that awesome? It puts up with anything. That's anything. It trusts God always. It always looks for the best. It never looks back. But it keeps going to the end. Do you know what? Love never dies. It keeps going. That's what is amazing. It is infinite. It is limitless. All because of an almighty God. My prayer today is that we can live our lives out of that overflow of God's limitless love. You know, last week, Billy finished off by giving us an equation. And he said this. He said, unlimited grace equals unlimited change. I want to use that same equation, but just for this week, and then here it is. That infinite love equals infinite change. If you allow it, your life will never be the same again. I want to finish just with that passage in Ephesians chapter 3. And as it's a prayer, I want to pray over you as a church. If wherever you're listening today, uh, this prayer is for you. So why don't you just bow your heads, maybe close your eyes and really think about these words uh, that are all about God's love for you. Heavenly Father, I pray that out of his glorious riches, that he may strengthen you, strengthen us with his power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray 
that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide, how long, and how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, infinitely. Amen.